All right, this is uh, our Eurythmics podcast part three. Uh, this is Rex Aldana along with Mark Stevens. Mark, if you want to say hi or say your name yourself. <laughs> Mark Stevens. <laughs> um, so we've we've gotten all the way up through Savage. So in this podcast, we're going to dis- discuss the videos from We Two Are One, Peace, and then, of course, I've Got a Life from Ultimate Collection. So now, um, We Two Are One, wasn't Revival the first single in the UK? Yeah, we should just we should just take it by the bull by the horn and and go from there because it's revival and I suspect we could say uh, it is not a favorite with fans. Am I am I correct in saying that or not? Um, well, it the thing about revival, the video and the song, to me always struck me as so like ordinary for them. You know, it, it didn't seem, it didn't have the, uh, you know, that kind of awesome. weird edge or, or it just was so normal. And even the video is kind of a choreographed dance thing where, you know, they've got dancers around them and all that. And the only time it ever gets weird is at the end when Dave Stewart starts doing his little Michael Jackson impersonation and grabbing his crotch and walking around in his underwear. And then, yes, you see at the end, it's a painting. So, yeah. I, and like I mentioned on my website, when I talk about the video, I mentioned, well, maybe the fact that it, they allude to the fact that it's a painting at the end means it, it wasn't as normal after all as we thought. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's just it, that, that you do get that at the end, you know, and that, that, that it's supposed to be somewhat of a painting or some kind of art. And I think there was probably something that the, con- that, that the concept was something that didn't translate. Because it, it, it's, it's so out of the ordinary for them. And yeah. quite frankly, and I will always believe this, that I think a lot of us, and I actually like the song, but I think a lot of people would like the song a lot better if they'd never seen the video. I think the video really changed the perception of that song for some people. But I will say very quickly, that I think it is a killer live version. I loved it on the tour. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love the remix as well. Um, so um, it's not yeah, a, it's, um, it's it not was a great video. Let's probably the most, the most normal thing they've ever done. You know, just it's so straightforward and normal. And um, you might yeah. say it's the most 80s sounding uh song in a way especially that late 80s yes. it kind of had that little like it sounded like other people could have done that and i think that's the problem Did that other I remember, I remember playing the song because you know here it didn't here in the u.s it didn't get any airplay of course but um i remember playing the song for people and people didn't seem to react very well to it they thought it was kind of the 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 um the reaction was that it was just kind of like eh, what's the big deal Actually, when I was in L.A. Uh, in Los Angeles for the preview concert where you and I first met at the Pantages, but K-Rock, the big radio station there in Los Angeles, was playing it. And the oh, really? remix. Uh, and so we heard it on the radio two or three times. And so, wow. and so it's so weird because that's, you know, in the late 80s, you know, and so, but that was one of the, the one of the songs that, that's so interesting that K-Rock would, would have played that. Come the mid-90s and later, they would never have touched anything that pop on mm-hmm. alternative radio. Because yeah. once grunge hit, that changed everything. Right. Uh, alternative radio became less 
less about pop alternative and more about rock and, you know, and it's kind of like metal alternative. So yeah, those were the last glory days of like, don't want to say Baroque pop, Baroque alternative pop that, that was on. I mean, we had an alternative station here in the San Francisco Bay area. Well, we still do live one Oh five. And yeah, back in the late eighties, they would play Eurythmics B sides from Eurythmics imports and live versions of you have place to chill. Never heard revival, but once grunge hit, all that stuff went away and you never really, you know, you never heard that kind of stuff on, on the alternative radio anymore, which to me was kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, all right. So yeah. Um, I think we can all agree. It's a decent song. It, 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 um, it plays well in concert. I have to say, I appreciate the song more now than I did when the album first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The video, the video, maybe just a little, <laughs> they were known for such, off the wall, avant-garde videos that, and maybe this was a deliberate move to just be no more normal. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just too convinced. I think there was, some, I think there was a concept, and it didn't work. It didn't translate, uh, and I think that happens. You know, that was a, sort of like the concept for "There Must Be an Angel," which was supposed to be darker, didn't yeah. quite come out that way. So, anyhow, all right. Let's in the in the interest of time, we'll move on. So, the next single was it? Don't ask me why in the UK. Um, revival. Don't ask me why. King and Queen of America. Truthfully, I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm not sure. All right. Well, let's do. Don't ask me why. Yeah, which was, I think is one of their it, finest videos. It certainly, it was the first single here, of course. Here, yes. And it's, uh, it's absolutely stunning video. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's I just watch it all day. But it's one of my favorite Eurythmic songs as well. Just oh, me too. It's such a great song, and um, it was one of those songs that when it came out here in the U.S., it was you know it didn't get a lot of like crazed reaction from radio programmers and all that. It's a little, it's a little sophisticated and, and layered, um, maybe too sophisticated and layered for pop 40 radio. I don't know, but it's such a great song. It, it has such a, you know, there's a, a driving beat to the back of it, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a song you have to take in, I think. So, uh, you know, did it work for radio? But interestingly about, since we're talking about videos, um, it sort of followed suit uh, along with the savage concept of we're going to give you a bunch of videos. And here in the U.S., we were getting the King and Queen and Don't Ask Me Why on MTV, MTV at the same Don't time. Ask me why, I distinctly right. remember. Right. Yeah. And that they one of the DJs, the guy with the long blonde hair, I forget his name, but he, he they played Adam both Curry. videos. Adam Curry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he said, um, he said, don't ask me why is the better song and King and Queen is the better video. And, you know, um, so and I, I think, think, no, I think the better video and the better song is don't ask me why. Well, I don't disagree with that, but I think probably from a fun aspect, uh, you know, you, you don't get much better than King and Queen that right. in that video. But let's talk about don't ask me why a little bit. I just had that memory in my mind, but um, I well, think- I mean, and I know I mentioned this to you before, but if you've seen David Lynch's Blue Velvet, the mm-hmm. nightclub scene is clearly that is clearly the inf- the influence, the homage. I mean, it's all there—the red curtains, the even that little neon thing and off to the side that you see sometimes in photographs or in the video was very was in the movie as well, and um, clearly it's an homage to that. And I've always felt that. Um, it's just so greatly shot with all those those close ups and and 
and quick edits yeah. just oh God. yeah such a such a it, it, there's it's such a looker <laughs> you know and I know. Uh, it's stunning to look at and um our our dear de- departed friend Maureen Martin always used to talk about uh, Dave's stunning Mephistophelian countenance in that <laughs> video where he looks very you know like almost devil well yeah Mephistopheles I, I I would go with that more than like looking like a devil but um mm. yeah such a great video and um I mean even MTV at the time made when it when it hit their <laughs> it hit their countdown one week and then very and the next week fell fell off of it mm. um, I think it, it went I think it got to 19 and then went up to 11 and then just disappeared completely. I don't remember what it was, but when they first debuted it on the countdown, I remember the DJ making a comment saying, if you forgot just how individualistic these two are, this video will remind you. Oh, wow. And, uh, so yeah, it was, I think it was well received for, for people that um, were into that stuff. And if you were maybe a bit younger, like maybe a preteen or something, it might not have resonated as much with you because it's, it's very adult and it's very well. I the, will tell you, the, the lyrical themes are very adult, and I will tell a funny story. Uh, I was uh, eighty nine. I was working at a record store in the mall. That was my only job out of my career. That was my youth job, and uh, I had a lot of people who would come in and ask for the single for the King and Queen of America. They wanted the single, and I would always tell them, "Well, you have to buy the album." And uh, they, they never, you know, it was younger people and they ne- didn't say necessarily. But I had this young man come one night and he bought the cassette single for Don't Ask Me Why. And I said, oh, there's a, you know, being a salesman and a Eurythmics uh, geek. I said, oh, there's a B-side of that's not on the album. You'll really like it. And uh, he said, okay, whatever. And you, And I just got this sense really quickly. He had just broken up with his girlfriend and he was going to give her that cassette single. <laughs> I don't love you anymore. I don't think I ever did. I think he was. This was a kid on a mission. I could tell. <laughs> yeah, those aren't the those aren't the kind of lyrics that uh, you know play well. I think on mainstream radio, you know, I I, I don't love you anymore. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever did. But you I mean, know, that's pretty. That's the, pretty cutting. The really great thing about you know early on, you know. Eurythmics have a lot of songs that talked about love. Love is a stranger. But Annie talked about from time to time how she, um, you know, she wasn't going to write a lovey-dovey song. Right. you know. And here she is saying, I love you, but it's I don't love you anymore. <laughs> you know, so there was still that kind of, yeah, a little bit of bitterness with the. But of man, course, and this is coming on the heels of the song "We Two Are One" on the album, where she's singing at the end, "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you." So there's there's a there's a dichotomy everywhere and a duality. Yeah, but anyway, so, um, beautiful video, beautiful song. Yeah, just gorgeously, gorgeously shot. Sophie Muller again. I mean, she's just amazing. As we all know, she's gone on to such a big, distinguished career. Still making videos. She just made the latest ABBA video. So there you go. Yeah, I did not know that. I like yeah. that. So. Uh, Wow, I can't believe we're saying the latest ABBA video. <laughs> this is not an ABBA podcast, and we will not go there. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about King and Queen of America. Um, I mean, you know, who, I always thought the video always looked like it wasn't from, from 1989, like it had been filmed like 10 years earlier. You know, just the look of it, it just it, it didn't 
And was that deliberate, do you think, to make it look kind of like, um, or was it that they were just using a lot of backdrops and props that kind of made it look not as realistic, maybe? I'm not criticizing the video. I think it's a great video, but there's a, the look about it didn't seem like it was quite as modern. I never, I, never, I never thought about that, but I think you're right. There is some element to to it, the filming of it, uh, yeah. and, uh, that um, is supposed to maybe have a more vintage quality to it. That's very yeah. interesting. Um, but maybe then again, they're they're, pu- they're pulling on some of those scenes, you know, cowboys and Indians. That would have been a thing, you know, bigger in the fifties and sixties. But I, I, I recently rewatched the video and, you know, it's so funny how when you rewatch something years and years later, especially when you've aged, you get a lot of different reactions to it when you're older. Mm-hmm. And while I understood the video when I was younger, when I watched it recently, you know, and they show the uh, Annie and Dave in the cowboy hat shooting off the gun and then the Indian, the Indian gets shot and rolls off the hill. And I thought, and of course at the time I understood what they were saying, but as an adult, I look at that and I go, Ooh, wow. That's really like, I mean, (laughs) I could see that this could irritate some people on the political spectrum. And, you know, Dave even made a comment back at, back in the day that um, initially American radio programmers were getting lots of positive response to the song initially. Then when people started listening to the lyrics, they started getting a backlash saying, why are you playing this song that's mocking America? You know, <laughs> so it got pulled. And they, and they did try to address that a little bit in interviews where they said, well, it's really Western, Western culture. Right. But, you know, but the they, queen of America. Yeah, they, they, they were very specific. They were right. very specific. So, uh, and you know. then there's that scene where they show Arlington Cemetery. Mm-hmm. We never did anything to make ourselves feel proud. Yeah. And they show the graves of dead soldiers. Yeah. That is really, wow. I mean, I can see why some people in America might have been very upset about that. Um, personally, I understand what they're saying. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, wow. <laughs> well, you, you and I would have seen this video at the same time. Remember, we were waiting outside for that concert that I just mentioned, the preview concert. Yes, we saw a video screen set up showing revival. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why, and the King and Queen. So we're sitting there, you know, about to go to this concert. We've not heard this album yet, and these videos and and such different videos, you know. Yeah, could but, we, could we hear the sound on those videos, or were we only seeing images? I think we could hear the sound. But I, I remember standing in line and and the scene in the video where they're dressed like uh, Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Bunny. Uh-huh. And she turns and she gives him that like, huh, look. I remember everybody in line just burst out laughing. Yes. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was great to be able to see that with a bunch of people yeah. because you, you got that, for, well, all of them for that matter. But you, So you had that. Ex- I guess we must have been really excited to see and hear something we hadn't heard before. Um, I, I don't remember that aspect of it. I remember the videos playing. I remember us seeing them and reacting to them. But I don't remember thinking, wow, this is the first time we're seeing this video or this song. Of course, we were in a situation. Yeah, we were in a situation. We were so excited, anyways, because we were going to see them perform, and we were going to be close and all that. So and they, had, they had come out earlier than the, er, earlier and gotten their limousines. And yes, I was. Yeah. My partner and I were sitting across the street at the time. Where at the cross at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but at the time, across the street was a little like hot dog stand and a parking lot, and we were sitting in the part. We were sitting, I think, at one of the benches, maybe eating hot dogs or something. I don't know. 
And Annie and Dave walk out of the building towards the limo. And there's Annie in her white outfit with her golden yellow hair and all that. And we're just like, oh, my God, should we run across the street? <laughs> but we did not. We did not. Well, yeah. We, well, I was near the front of the line there. We didn't move either. It was, you know, like, okay, they'll come over to us if they're going to. And, of course, they didn't. So straight to the cars. <laughs> we must have, I mean, because when we got in line, there weren't that many. I mean, we weren't that far back in line. So I guess what I'm saying is when I, when me and my partner finally got in line, it must not have been too much longer after you guys were in line. Cause no, because, well, we well, actually, yeah, that's right. We ended up meeting. You were right behind us. Uh, at the stage, weren't we? Were right at the front of the stage, and you were right behind me or to the side of me. And Mike That's and Maureen were right behind me in line. Yeah. So Anyhow, we're getting off was, now. People that are listening to us are probably like, "Okay, I don't, we don't want to hear their memories about." <laughs> That's such a hilarious video, though. It's and the, they had a lot of humor in their videos from Savage and mm-hmm. that video from We Two Are One. That, um a very serious song, but you know, in the, in the sense of like you're saying what, what the, the content of that song is, yeah. but the video was hilarious, you know, and that they played so many different characters and not just Annie this time, but Dave as well. So that, it's just, it's a killer. Interesting about the edited thing about the button that says, let George do it. Let George do it. Yeah. And some videos you saw it and some, and I'm thinking really, they thought that was the most controversial thing. Not, not the, not showing the graves and saying we didn't do anything to make ourselves feel proud or killing an American Indian or a native American. No, it was a let George do it. Maybe because it was too specific of a reference. I don't know, but yeah. It, interesting. And I, um, I, I remember, I remember seeing that, but there at that concert, but outside the, the let George do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, great video though. Oh. Okay, so uh, the next video would be uh, Angel, I guess. Angel, which you know, very good video. Apparently censored in the United States by MTV due to occult imagery. Which yeah, makes sense when you think about it. But then when you think about it, it's like what? I mean, I you can have Motley Crue running around with pentagrams on fire and all this, but you can't show a seance. I, I still, I, I don't know. I still, I know that is a, it's a common thing and that people talk about it. I always question that. And maybe I'm wrong for questioning it. It just seems like you said, it seems so bizarre. It's not like there weren't movies at the time about, right. or TV shows or whatever that would even have a seance. It's not like something horrific happened in that seance, you know, in the sense of, well, well, well the, they they implied that something traumatic does happen because there's a fire at the end. She has to be rescued and all that. Well, I mean, I, I guess I meant more like you know, Satan didn't suddenly appear. It was Satan set the place on fire. Um, <laughs> but it's a beautiful video, really. I, I, from um, and you've the, seen the edit. You've seen the edited version that they showed that, that omits the seances. Um, it omits the uh, seance sequences and stuff like that. The whole thing. I mean. It, it, it's not edited too much, is it? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, um, you can see it on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty much yeah. It's well, it's another it's a bastardization of the of the video, frankly. But <laughs> it's another Sophie Muller video, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I love the thing uh, where the coffee gets stirred. Yeah, well, and it immediately goes and is it Annie's eye? I think you know. There are just so many. And it's what she does so well, uh, Sophie Muller, 
with well edits and quick pieces and you you know you yeah. got to keep up and it 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 takes you along on this this uh ride through her, the videos with the quick edits that she does it's really well done now i've mentioned this before uh i've always felt that they're implying that they're putting some sort of substance in the coffee if if it, if it was just cream they were dropping in the coffee all the time why show that I, the impression I got was that maybe they were all, they all took, in the, in the video, these characters took something psychotropic or something to enhance their awareness. And the only reason I feel that way is because why keep showing that over and over, you know, something as innocuous as cream going into coffee or milk going into coffee. The, to me, the implication was they were, they took some kind of mind altering substance to achieve a different level of consciousness for their experience. I, that's just the way I look at it. I've never thought about that like that. That's that's interesting. I, I'm not. I it's either that or they were just all having coffee and cream. I mean, you well, know. I think it I could. I think it could be that. I think that, and again, that's the beauty of songs and videos that we all get a different concept of it or view of what's going on. Because to me, I always just thought it was something that Sophie Muller was doing. That was this great imagery. Uh, but that's really cool. Is that is that supposed to be, um, you know, you do have, there's the older man in the video and he's leaning down once and coming back. You may, you may be onto something. Well, I, don't oh, know. I should point out, there's a British film from the 60s called Seance on a Wet Afternoon, which I believe is the, uh, the uh, inspiration for this video. Because if you've seen the movie, you will... You're like, wow, that's Angel, the Angel video. There's even a character in the movie called Mrs. Savage. I I don't think that has anything. I think that's completely just random, but I just find that interesting. Um, do, do you remember the name? The movie? Of the movie? Yeah. Seance, Seance on a Wet Afternoon. It's a British film from the 60s. And uh, if you... If you watch it, yeah, you'll. It's just like the opening scene of the the movie The Devils, which is it's there must be an angel. I mean, you know, Dave and Andy like the art films, and I think they. I mean, I don't know for sure that Seance on a Wet Afternoon was the inspiration, but when you watch Seance on a Wet Afternoon, it certainly reminds you of the Angel video. So there you go. And it is a British film. You know, it would have been from the time frame when they were teenagers or young adults, younger adults. So it's it's an interesting. Almost all of Angel is also in black and white. And that was not something that they did a lot. They did some, but they didn't do a lot of videos in black and white. Your your rhythmics were all color and, you know, all vibrant usually. So even Julia was sepia tone, even though you might think that was black and white. uh, Yeah. So the the other video there, did you want to talk anything else about Angel? Yeah. yeah, I think we we covered all the things I wanted to talk about, like, you know, what I thought was influenced by and the whole thing about the hallucinogenic and then the editing and all that. Again, it's a great video. And I was hopeful that that song would be popular here in the U.S. because it seemed it seemed um, complimentary enough for American, you know, adult contemporary radio. I wonder if it was the, the video being censored or or drop that caused it to not get airplay. But I, I mean, think it did get played on VH1. Right. So, yeah, that's the thing. It got played on VH1, yet you heard that it was censored. You heard that it was, but it wasn't played for long. I mean, you didn't see it for a long time. No, um, it even got performed live on um, yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah, I think the concert, the, the concert tour was 
you know, wrapping up by the time, you know, the single was coming out. And um, I think the promotion for the album was sort of set. It just it had moved on. And um, it's funny how an album with four singles could have a could have a shelf life in the old days of about a year. We've talked about this before. Nowadays, if you have an album, they milk it for two or three years. <laughs> well, you know, they before have- they got it. They'd have four singles before the album ever came out. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, just the space of 10 or 11 months, you can have a whole album, a whole tour, and four singles released. Mm-hmm. You don't see, that doesn't happen these days. These days, it's much more spread out. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, let's move to uh, My My Baby's Gonna Cry. Yep. Which um, I think is a great performance collage video. Um, certainly highlights the uh, revival tour and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting. Um, that sort of playful animosity between Dave and Annie where there's, that's very interesting in light of what was going to come right after that. The fact that they broke up and, and, uh, or you were, yeah. they, um, they couldn't stand to be in the same room with each other from what we were hearing at the time. So this playful animosity you see in the video may not be as playful as we thought. <laughs> there might be a little undercurrent there of, uh, of, uh, frustration. Yeah, I think that's another. I think you can go back to what I said about revival. I think that's another song that is so good live, uh, and also had a really good remix. Uh, I think that was only a promotional piece here in the U.S. Uh, but um, anyway, it was I? Uh, I think it 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 works so well live. It's just a really fun song live. It just now, it's a crescendo at the end. I actually heard that on the radio here in the U.S. You did one time. There was a radio a small radio station from Napa, California that used to, it seems like the smaller stations could be, could be more to get, could get away with be more adventurous. You know, the bigger stations had to adhere to it, but I remember hearing it and they play, Oh, they played that remix of it. Mm-hmm. Not the actual, um, they played the remix that's on that cassette single with the, the CD single, yeah. CD single with the upside down faces and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they played that. And I called, I called them on the phone just to, talk to the DJ and, you know, kind of say like, wow, you know, thanks for playing that. And he told me that after they played it, they got quite a reaction, lots of phone calls. People wanted to know what song that was, who it was. So, you know, it's like possible hit if it just been played, you know, yeah. so many songs can be hits that they just get played, you know, yeah. that's, that's, uh, it's one of the things that I always find actually really sad in life when I discover a song that I think is just, amazing some super song but but no one's ever heard it you know right. some group no one's ever heard of and you think it's just it's just such a sad thing i think music is so important and that every great song should be heard by all lots of people and i guess that's that's not the way radio works that's not the way things work yeah. but well, that's and going. Yeah. I mean, that's why you have some songs that will come out and they'll be like minor hits. You know, they might they might chart somewhere in the 20s and 30s. But 20 years later, 30 years later, they're really well known. A, mm. a good case in point would be sisters are doing it for themselves. Only got to like, what, 18 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of airplay back in the day, except maybe in more progressive markets. Now the song is everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's it is like the feminist anthem. Right. Yeah. The world, basically. And um yeah, you know, and same with uh, Winter Wonderland. Got no, no, nobody gave it the time of day when it was released in '87 on that album. Yeah, fifteen years later, it's topping the holiday airplay ch- charts for two or three years yeah. in a row. Yeah, it's, it's a great song. We'll talk about that real quick. That uh, you know that when you hear it, 
at Christmas time in a store or something. And it's just a fantastic song. I mean, they did so well on that. It's just a, and I do think that it's one of the lost opportunities of Eurythmics that they did not film a video for that. That song would have, I think that would have been massively huge. Um, yeah, we're, you know, I don't think there were really any videos filmed from any of those songs. Were they on their very special Christmas? Oh, Maybe some live performances, but... Um, it needed a video. <laughs> there might have been one for that Run DMC song, Christmas in Hollis. I think there might be a video for that, but um, I, I could be wrong. I don't, but what would a video like that have looked like? Would it have been... I mean, they well, maybe they would have had to play it straight and smile, or they would have had to do a dark thing or something. Yeah. And I can't really see them doing either one, so maybe it was best not to do anything. <laughs> great, uh, great tune, but around that same time. So, well, we better we better move on to peace. I think. Yeah, we, well, I think we have we have just enough time. We can cover P, the two videos from Peace and I've Got a Life in the next six minutes. <laughs> no, don't say it. Don't say it out loud. We'll have to do it. Well, so um, I know we saw 17 again first here, but I think in Europe they saw I Saved the World today first. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I look at those two videos as companion pieces, obviously. Me too. Um, I also, you know, our we keep talking about our dear departed friend Maureen, and everybody's probably like, who is this? She was a huge Eurythmics fan who was a great friend to both Mark and I and lots of other people as well. She tragically died of cancer back in mid-00s. I even wrote to Annie and Annie was very nice and contacted her on her deathbed and all this. And it was, she did. it was, it was very nice, but it was nice that she died, but it was nice that we were, we were able to get that sort of thing for her at the end. But, um, uh, Maureen used to say that the videos were almost like, she called them D video. Like they were sort of like anti video. Like when you, when you, when you think about the Eurythmics, they, they were, they were always, they always made like the best videos, the most, cutting edge videos with all these uh, visuals. These videos, these two videos were a little bit more subdued. They weren't like full of flashy colors and, and, and quick cuts and, you know, and Maureen thought it was a deliberate attempt to be a little less video because hmm. back in 99, you know, we were, you know, MTV had kind of run its course. Videos weren't the big thing that they used to be anymore. Nowadays, videos basically are seen online, right? Nobody, does anybody watch videos on MTV anymore? So. Um, so Maureen almost Maureen took it as sort of like a comment on the whole sort of maybe the sort of death of music video. Not that music video has died, but it's not the same as it was in the early to mid '80s. So that's I thought that was an interesting point. Um, the videos are fairly straightforward, you know. I, um, the military band in the background, and yeah, the, I think Seventeen again. The the video is all about um, invasion of privacy. Um, people not hounding celebrities, not leaving them alone, intruding upon their private lives, uh, asking them things that are not appropriate. I think the gunshots and all that are basically meant to are meant to be like that's an interesting like journal journalistic intrusions, public intrusions, things like that. That's an interesting. We go back again to an alternative video and some um, uh, what you call it um, censorship. Because the original or the first time I and the first recording I ever took of um, seventeen again, uh, the gunshots are are either I forget or not heard or they're barely heard. But in the original, you know, 
they're popping off, you know, it's gunshots. And that kind of got pulled back by the record company that they didn't want this video with people getting shot. Um, Even though, you know, so even then Eurythmics, if, even if they were trying to do this concept of, you know, but even then they were getting right censored in a way with the video that, well, that's sort of. The- and what does that tell you? That tells you that you have two artists working at a, at a level that, you know, they don't care what anybody thinks. Here's, here's our vision. And if you have to, it's interesting that something so, I don't want to say innocuous would be censored, but you, when you think of a video being censored, you think of it being censored for explicit sexual reasons, maybe even explicit violence. But when you're censoring videos for seances and for little, little, you know, little sound effects, uh, little uh, bursts of gunfire that are more symbolic than anything else. I think that speaks volumes about their artistry. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. No, I agree with yeah. that. And that, and that people still had a hard time understanding and taking that, it, the, the artistry of David Annie and their videos went beyond being, here's a simple video that we've shot to promote our song, that they were many little movies and that there, there, you know, there was something behind them. And it was hard to understand because so many videos were just bands standing on stage and singing. And then you had to think about these. <laughs> and the concept of thinking is, is, not, is not something. but. Yeah. I think you always, uh, well, I mean, uh, I saved the world today, I think, where she spills the ink at the end and it flows over the peace document. I think that's such a cool scene. Uh, well, that scene. Yeah, I, I always took that as, well, to me, the whole song is about, um, do you want to do something to help the world? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do to help the world? Don't just talk about it, do it. You know, that's that's what I think it's really about. And when you spill the ink all over the peace agreement, it's sort of like. It's sort of like a way of saying, well, you know, we didn't we we screwed that one up. We didn't get that one done properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just take it as kind of. Um, it's sort of like a, uh, 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 something not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, um, an inclination t- to try to do something helpful that doesn't work out because either people don't want it to work out or they're not trying hard enough for it to work out. To me, the flip side, and and this segues into I've got a life because I think I save the world today is about, okay, we need to, we need to change the world. How do we do it? Can I do it? Do I want to do it? And can can you do it on your own? You know, I save the world. And it takes more than one. It's a bit ironic. I saved the world today. Oh, I sent my, you know, I sent my $20 check to save the children today. I saved the world today. Yeah. You know, there's an element of that in it too. You know, like how, how realistic are we being about this? I've got a life as the complete opposite. It's like, I figured it out and mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to do with my life and I know how I'm going to help the world and I want to move forward. And, you know, it was, it was I got a life that inspired me to get more um, involved with with charitable efforts and efforts to save the world, quote unquote, because that one line really resonated with me. I've got a light, but it refuses to shine. Mm-hmm. That's so true in all of us. We all have something inside us. Do we let it? Do we let it come out? Do we let it shine? Some people don't. Mm-hmm. She certainly has. You know, yeah. she said. 
she's got a life. It ain't over. And then the next 15 years, you, Annie, Annie has done so much through, through um, sing and treatment action and, and through the circle, she put her money, her money where her mouth was, you know, Mm -hmm. and she said she was going to do it. That's how I took, I've got a life. And it inspired me to, to do so as well. And interesting that it's a Eurythmic song. They reformed to do this song, but her her main goal seems to be, no, I, I'm going to go and change the world. This is not a Eurythmics reunion. <laughs> interesting, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that that, 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 that that song inspired you. I did not know that. I think that's... It really did. I mean, those that line about I've got a light, it, it, but it refuses to shine, really resonated with me. It, and and it, it did change my life. So Annie, if, if you happen, yeah. Annie, if you happen to be listening to this, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's good, and what a great uh, uh, ending for them on videos. And although we'd love for them to have something else and to make some. Oh, I, music. I'm. I don't think it's an end. I think it was an end for a good long while, but I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a total end. Oh, I, I don't know. She's been posting so many eurythmics related things lately. I'm wondering if she's giving us a message that something's coming down the road. I never know. But you never know. But I do think I want to say in that video, you know, that it it took me a while to kind of get the concept of it. But then that they're inside this disco ball. (laughs) And I just, you know, for a few times, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. okay, now I'm getting that. And I think that's just. Well, and I sort of, you know, at the beginning, she's at the beginning, she's walking past all the monitors, showing all the clips from the, And she's Annie Lennox of Eurythmics. That's Mm -hmm. it looking at the past. But then when you go to this disco ball, it's all, and you see all these other people, people basically from all walks of life. I mean, there's everybody represented there. You know, there's a, the bodybuilder, there's a, I, you know, I can't remember all the the woman, shopper and dance. And then, yeah. So my, my impression was that the point, the point of that was trying to say, well, we're all, we all have our special things. We're all sort of, icons in a certain way i may be a pop music icon but aren't we all aren't we all sort of icons in our daily life yeah and sort of all we're all moving to our own beat our own tune uh and whatever walk of life that may be uh and we're all in this together again you're all they're all inside this disco ball Mm -hmm. yeah all in it together all of us different but yet but yet working for the same goal hopefully um yeah, I mean it's it's cla- it's a classic video, Eurythmics video, where you know you when you think about it a little more, it, there's a there's a deeper layer there, you know. Always always is in the song, always is in the video, and um, so we've come to the end of Eurythmics videos in the sense of singles and how we were we wanted to start out. It took us three different podcasts to do it, though. <laughs> because we talk and talk and talk. A little chat. Yeah. That's what we've but Look, look we're, at 30, we're, at 38, we're at 39 minutes now. We were, what, our goal was, what, 40 minutes? Was it 40 or was it 35? I don't remember. Let's say it was 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll wrap this discussion up about videos. But for the future, we, um, like I said, we, we want fans to join us for di- discussions on various subjects. I've reached, uh, I've already reached out to some, some of the bigger fans and they've expressed interest. So I think that's coming. We also hope to, at some point, you know, talk with some of your rhythmics collaborators and people that work with them. Um, don't want to mention any names, but we know who's out there. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how that moves along. Yeah. yeah. It, it won't just be 
you and I talking, Rex. Sometimes no. we are going to have other people involved. Right. We may still talk about things on our own, but um, if we find something that's completely fascinating, we'll do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and we, we started this with about the videos because it's on your website. It's this will be housed on your website, Eurythmics Video Visionaries. So we thought it, because of that, it needed to start. With You're always so nice at, at, at making a, an effort to point out my website. That's so nice. Rhythmic Video Visionaries. It's Rex. <laughs> well, hey, it's where the podcast is going to be. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, but anyway, it's not. it was nice to see you again. And I hope people do enjoy this podcast. And we do want people to tell us what they like, what they don't like, if they'd like to be involved. So it's a... It's the main thing I, yeah, the main thing I want people to get when they listen to this is just to get an idea of how we talk. And, and and to know this is how we can, you know, if you want to join, this is how we can do it. It's not, you know, this is sort of a, a, a sort of a springboard, I hope, to that mm -hmm. people will then want to talk and, and just have interesting conversations. It remains to be seen whether or not, you know, fans will want to sit and listen for 40 minutes to us talking like this. But, you know, hey, it's fun. And, you know, I think there are some there are a lot of people that will get something out of it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great. To, uh, great to talk to you again. All right. Okay, everybody. Until next time. All right. See you. Bye.